Welcome to Out of the Technicolor Closet, a podcast promoting inclusivity and understanding for the LGBT youth of today and tomorrow. We are your hosts, Ling and Stephanie. This is sponsored by the Out Center located in Benton Harbor, Michigan. So today we're going to be talking about sex ed in the LGBT plus community and how to keep you and your partner safe. Yeah. So first question uh, that many people might ask is why do we need to practice safe sex or quote unquote safer sex? So around late middle school, early high school, every student is introduced to a mandatory sex ed or health class. And in my experience, students were separated by male and female and given separate classes. And most of the videos shown never mention sex between LGBT individuals. Some videos in schools even crucify thoughts and questions involving queer safe sex. And because of this, the rate of the LGBT youth contracting sexually transmitted diseases is scarily higher than it is for heterosexual youth. This just laminates the severe need of education when it comes to being safer when having intercourse. This is so true, though, because I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember ever learning about any safe sex practices for the LGBT community. It's Mm -hmm. always like the basic of men and women. They have sex. This is a condom. Yeah. This is, you know, whatever it may be and blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, they're never going to teach you anything regarding the community and how to practice safe sex because I feel like they almost just like pretend it doesn't even exist in so many places. I don't need, I wonder if they do teach it in other schools. I've just never been aware of that or I've ever heard of that from other people. I mean, they might. I feel like the only way there would be a conversation about safe sex as an LGBT person is if somebody from outside the school mm-hmm. or somebody who is an advocate inside the school was just kind of like, hey, this is important. You know, yeah. not everybody can look at this video and say this applies to me. Exactly. So let's talk about ways to practice safe sex. So the first way to really practice safe sex is to not have sex. Don't really. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so abstinence or celibacy. If you're scared or have total disinterest in sex, there's no need to force yourself to try it. Abstaining from sex until you're ready is perfectly normal, and it's a good way to give yourself time to do research before you step into the world of intimacy. If you're ever in a situation where someone is pressuring you into sex, do your best to remove yourself from the situation and get assistance immediately. If you're not ready, you're not ready, period. True that. Well, that's definitely a great way to go about it, but at the same time... We are human Mm -hmm. and people have sex. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to think of ways to practice safe sex in order to not, you know, pass anything to prevent yourself from getting pregnant or, you know, Mm -hmm. what have you. So uh, let's jump into some of these safe uh, sex practices. So condoms. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, condoms. They're there. If you do decide to be intimate with your chosen partner, be sure to ask them about their sexual history before initiating anything Mm -hmm. no matter positive or negative you should always wear a condom especially if you're not sure if you yourself are clean if you're both amab which is assigned male at birth talk about who's going to be quote-unquote top or bottom basically who's receiving or who's giving uh amab assigned male at birth or afab assigned female at birth people who are receiving can choose to wear what's known as a female condom which are internal condoms like larger regular ones except you wear them inside (laughs) okay um no this is good this is a lesson yeah. for me too because you don't really hear about the female condom too you much you really and, don't and I don't, I don't even know if i do they sell those at the store they don't sell female condoms at the store you need to get a prescription for them i'm pretty sure okay like go to the doctor okay yeah so that's why i feel like the majority of people out there probably aren't too aware about it because yeah you don't see it in the aisle like your yeah. normal condoms 
Which is crazy because it it's another form of STD, STI prevention and uh, birth control. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that that's not open to the public. Yeah, an option or anything. Yeah. Yeah. If you're giving, majority of teens and young adults know about just regular male condoms, which are external. Many guides, pictograms, and videos can be found online if you're unsure how to wear or use said devices or the provided instructions aren't enough. And finally, there's also dental dams, which are used during oral sex. And even if there's a lower risk of contracting STDs or STIs when performing oral sex, it's better to be safe than sorry. You know, um, I was thinking about this, talking to friends over the years and... Uh, you know, back, I was going to say late teen years or early 20s when people would talk about, you know, being intimate in their relationships. Mm-hmm. Some people would tell me that they wouldn't use a condom ever. And I'm like, it's, well, first of all, yes, obviously you can pass stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, do you do you want a baby? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. That, that could happen. That very well could happen. And although condoms aren't 100 percent effective, um, at the same time, they can do a pretty good job at protecting you from, mm-hmm. you know, having a child. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but, you know, when I was like 18 years old, wasn't really uh, ready for a child. Yeah, yep. exactly. Still kind of, you know, not ready quite yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's definitely a safe choice. Yeah, as as most people are are not ready for such a responsibility, mm-hmm. especially if you're not like prepared. You don't have a house of your own. You don't have a stable income yet. Yeah. So... To keep yourself from having to deal with the struggle of having a baby, there's other forms of birth control besides condoms. So for people who are assigned female at birth, there's many options when it comes to birth control. Patches, pills, tubal ligation, which is basically getting your tubes tied, uh, birth control sponges, cervical caps, a diaphragm, an implant, or even a shot. There's a lot of things that I... I didn't know about <laughs> yeah there's, this there's is a so lesson <laughs> i looked this stuff up and i'm like wait what is yeah. how, how does this work yeah and for people who are assigned male at birth there are vestectomies and spermicide to use other methods are slowly being discovered like pills and shots for male birth control but such advancements haven't been patented yet birth control is important because there is a risk of there is a risk of contracting a disease or getting pregnant, which as a teen is very difficult to work your way through. Of course. And uh, yeah, I've heard about that whole potential pill idea for males as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to wonder if guys would actually take that. Very doubtful. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you choose not to use any form of birth control and you end up getting pregnant or you did use birth control, but somehow you still did get pregnant, there are a few choices that you have. Conceive the baby and meet with your parents, organize and set up a stable environment for your child. And if you can't provide for your child, you can give them up for adoption, which is really the two most talked about options I hear. Mm -hmm. Both of these first choices will have their ups and downs depending on the environment that the baby ends up in. If you're still early on in the pregnancy, there is also always the option of abortion. Many young adults who go through this process often feel shame or other negative emotions And if you know that you can't provide for a child and you don't want them in foster care, the best course of action is to do your research and eventually maybe visit a Planned Parenthood, set up an appointment and see if this is what you really want. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that Friends episode when Rachel's pregnant and Ross is like, but we we used protection, (laughs) (laughs) which is good to think about, though, because, again, they aren't 100 percent effective. Most um, birth control options. So, you know. Better safe than sorry, really, even because yeah. I was going to say it's it's better than going without the protection. Exactly. 
And I've heard that I think most condoms are 95% effective. So there's still that 5% chance that you could end up having a kid. You know what? And that's a good, like, 5%. That gives me enough reason to be like, all right, right, staying protected. Exactly. (laughs) So dealing with STDs or STIs. As a minor who's sexually active, there is probably not a lot of communication between you or your parents if you end up contracting a disease. Research and call your local clinic to see if you can get tested without parental consent if you don't want to talk to your parents about it. If you're close enough with your parent to be honest about them with your intimate life, talk to them as soon as you're questioning your physical health. Make sure you also always disclose your current status to any partners. If you find out that you've had a disease for a while, tell your recent partners to get checked just in case. Mm-hmm. Very true. You know, and that's uh, that's something I totally believe in because I actually remember talking to uh, a partner in the past about this who acted offended when I wanted to know about her history. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. I need to know this. Like, yeah. I, I want to make sure I'm safe. And you should always... Uh, you definitely should always do that because, again, it's your body mm-hmm. and whatever may go in your body or whatever around it, um, you want to make sure that uh, you're going to be healthy after it happens. A potential one night thing, you know, or exactly. something. Like, but, you know, like it, that's what it could be. For some people, it could be a one night thing. For some people, it could be obviously a, a long relationship. Mm-hmm. But in the event that it is just a one night situation do you really want to ruin potentially the rest of your life by contracting something yeah. you know um and there's a lot of people who live by that one night lifestyle like mm-hmm. with the upcoming constant use of dating apps mm-hmm. like tinder and grinder and so on and so forth where especially on grinder i have a few uh gay friends mm-hmm. and they talk to me and they're like oh i'm gonna meet up with this guy tonight or i want to do this with this guy tonight and i'm like is he tested like have you how, how yeah. long have you known him? And it's like, well, I just started talking to him tonight. And I'm like, okay, just make sure you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know about any specific facilities in the area that allow for people to get tested um, whenever they might need to? And if that's the case, is, is it a free thing? Um, I talked to one of my female friends once, and she was very concerned that she contracted something from somebody who's very sexually active. Mm-hmm. Um. So she talked to me and she's like, well, I did my research and there is this like Christian clinic nearby and they do free walk ins. And a lot of them, uh, a lot of the times when I talked to people who went there, they'd say, oh, yeah, I went there without my parents and I'm under 18. And they were just like trying to make sure the kids that went through there were safe. Yeah. So there's I don't remember exactly where it was. I think it was in South Haven. OK. Um, there is the place in grand rapids which is which is a little bit ways away Mm -hmm. um but it's the howard brown medical center very very nice place you can go there to get hormones you can go there to get uh checked for diseases you can go there for just anything in general involving your health and honestly uh, roughly around equal distance away there's chicago Mm -hmm. um there's plenty of centers all over the place too and i'm sure probably south baton has something as well yeah um but, uh, yeah, because I just noticed that I actually saw signs uh, outside of various places when I was living on the north side of Chicago um, that would say, like, free testings, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I actually have a friend who would go, I think he would go maybe, like, once a month or once every other month, even though he had been dating his boyfriend for a little bit. But he's just like, you know what, I get that, but I, I just like to make sure I'm all right. And mm-hmm. at the same time, like, they were in a relatively new relationship, and it's not like you don't want to trust or not trust your your partner but at the same time 
it's a good way to make sure you're like you're staying safe and making sure everything's good to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's always better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest topics discussed when it comes to sex, besides being safe, is consent. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with the definition of consent. Permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. Before initiating sex with a partner, ask if they're comfortable and okay with what's going on. Your job as someone who presumably cares about the other person is to read body language and observe your partner's actions to make sure that they're truly okay with what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. In some situations, if both parties are not verbally communicating but physically into it, it's called implied consent. So that happens at least when I talk to my friends about like they come home, they're like, oh my God, I met this boy and stuff happened. Mm -hmm. And they're like... I asked them, like, oh, did you guys, like, talk about what was going to happen? It's like, no, we just, like, got into it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, as long as you were both into it and nobody was forcing anybody. Yeah. Um, But most commonly, though, is just asking, is it okay to, can we, do you want to, et cetera, et cetera, which is verbal consent. So there is a lot of confusion. I mean, just to clarify, when I say implied consent, it doesn't mean that there's one person and they're trying to initiate something with another mm-hmm. when they're obviously like not into it. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody's body may physically react in a certain way mm-hmm. doesn't mean they want any part of what's going on. Yeah, very true. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, look at what's going on in the world today and has been going on for the past like at least a year and a half or so with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, um, well, I didn't give consent to this. And, you know, some of those, some of those stories may or might may not be true you really never know with like everything that's going on but at the same time like you need to make sure that it is okay if you and if you have any doubt about the other person not being okay with that then you know you got to stop it yourself because you don't want it to lead to anything bad like a bad outcome for you yeah in the long run and another thing that i hear about a lot when it comes to consent is retraction of consent after the fact Mm -hmm. which I feel this is my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. So I feel that when you're initiating intimacy with somebody Mm -hmm. and you say, yes, this is okay. And the other person also says, yes, this is okay. And maybe you didn't like it after the fact. And when you woke up, you were like, man, he like, now he's really ugly to me or man, she's kind of stinky or something (laughs) like that. It's like, I, I don't like that anymore. Like I don't consent to this. You could get that person in trouble when really they did nothing wrong. No, exactly. And um, and I don't think that's fair either. It's like if you were okay with it at the time, then, you know, all you can do is move forward and just be like, this is not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you, that's true. If you agreed, if you both agree at the time, because I feel like that's another big issue too. Yeah. A lot of people being like, but you agreed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and again, who knows? You never know what happened in any situation. Um, So it's not like condoning any weird behavior yeah (laughs) it's just more so like if you agree if you both agreed at the same time like trying to take it back after it's kind of something that's not fair to either of you really at that point because you know again can't take it back and all you can do is keep going forward after that Mm -hmm. so to wrap it all up we're going to address dysphoria during sex Mm -hmm. so as a sexually active trans or questioning person there's a high probability that many aspects of your body might make you severely uncomfortable so maybe it's hair or body part or just how intercourse will have to take place depending on if you're assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth talk about the discomfort with your partner after you're sure it's 
a real problem to you. Like it really bothers you. Yeah. And communication is really key in this situation. Maybe they can help you become more comfortable with this activity by trying to switch things up to everyone's benefit. So in the end, make sure you're not going off of what sex should be, but what it is to you and your partner. Redefine intercourse in your bedroom to whatever you enjoy and what makes you comfortable. And make sure you always ask your partner about triggers when it comes to like name calling, the way you interact with them physically, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And again, if you're at this point too, where maybe you do feel uncomfortable, even with something with your body, maybe then you're just not ready Mm -hmm. to, you know, be intimate with anybody just yet too. But all you can do is basically, like you're saying, communicate with your partner. And if, if that's not, not something you're ready for, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just give yourself time to think about it. So now we're going to address some common questions that many people have when it comes to safer sex. And I hear a lot when my friends or family or people that I'm talking to online, they're just like, well, do you really need to use condoms if both people are clean? Like both people are tested, so on and so forth. What's really the big deal about it? Mm-hmm. And it's like there's that elephant in the room. Like, yo, you know what babies are, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, that's the thing. It's just like <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand sometimes with a lot of people how they think that, um, oh, it'll be OK. It'll be OK. But like what if there's the one time that it's not OK that mm-hmm. um, you don't pull out exactly. in time, you, you know, whatever it may be that's isn't the safest route to go like yeah there is a chance you could have a baby mm-hmm. and uh there are you know certain things like the pl- like plan b mm-hmm. um that you could take but oh that that stuff can like jack up your body it can and it can put a dent in the bank too exactly because i think it runs around like 50 50 ish yeah mm-hmm. so it's like you don't want to have to do that and um so it's yeah just it's just better to just wear it just wear it, it takes like Two seconds. Exactly. <laughs> and if uh, your partner complains like, I can't feel anything, man. I don't like this. You can just, there's multiple options. There's multiple different types of contraceptives. Uh, the person that you're with can take birth control. It's not the end of the line if you don't want to use a condom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. Like, even with condoms, think about every, all the advancements they've come out with over the years, too. Because it's like you're going to have... Uh, ones that are going to be like a thinner material to it mm-hmm. so that way you can actually feel more. Um, there's going to be the non-latex ones for anybody who is like allergic to latex. So you do have options. So you don't have to just be like, no, mm, not going to use it. Yeah, those are boring. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, just think about your partner, though. You exactly. Don't wanna, yeah. So a, another common question is, can you cure STDs or STIs? Uh, so, yeah, there are a few out there that can be cured with like antibiotics or prescriptions like chlamydia it's a bacterial um std also gonorrhea just like chlamydia um it's caused by a bacteria that can usually be treated with an antibiotic but i guess there have been some uh cases of gonorrhea that people actually resistant to the antibiotics oh that's not good no exactly so you definitely have to be safe about that i'll you know Mm -hmm. uh, and some of this stuff uh, just kind of freaks you out because you don't want anything up in your business or whatever exactly. it may be. You know, that's just going to be so uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, I, like I had known someone who um, had chlamydia and got it taken care of and everything. But I remember when she had told me about it, she's freaking out. I'm like, yeah, I'd be freaking out too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's a concerning thing, especially, I don't know, like like any 
illness or whatever it may be, you know, if if you don't know if you're going to be able to actually like cure something or whatever it is, it's in your head and then you're you're constantly concerned and you don't want to be walking around trying to live your life and being stressed out consistently about this. Mm-hmm. When talking about STDs or STIs or other sexually transmitted diseases, there's the topic of AIDS or HIV that always comes up, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I like to talk about this with my uh, gay friends who are sexually active just to make sure that they get their partner tested and then themselves get tested constantly because it's still a possibility that they could contract it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're like the leader of your group of you go get tested. You go get (laughs) tested. I want you all to be safe. (laughs) Yeah, because they come to me and it's like they're, they're trying these new things. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I'm glad you're getting yourself out there. But. Think of the consequences. And, and <laughs> You're like the sure, mom. <laughs> yeah. I do my best to be the mom. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's good. Yeah, I feel like you do need the responsible friend in the group to kind of let everybody else get a good head on their shoulders, too, and make sure that they're um, being as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, I was friends for a while, family friends, with this couple who both had HIV, mm-hmm. and they've been getting treatment ever since they first contracted it and they've been doing great okay it's amazing to see their remission and like the the steps that they go through the processes and hearing their stories mm-hmm. um they're an older couple yeah so one of the men in the relationship we'll call him joe just for anonymity reasons so joe had a lot of ups and downs when it came to treatment mm-hmm. um his t-cells would constantly fluctuate and he'd go from like a really really good place in remission all his hair would grow back mm-hmm. he'd be outside gardening again he'd be having a great time playing with his dogs and then a few weeks later a few months later um his t-cell count would drop that's so scary and he would have to go to the hospital for a long time and there's been so many instances where it's just been like a uh, fear of heart failure mm-hmm. or something along those lines and just the fact that they were able to get the treatment in time Mm -hmm. for it and that the fact that they're like spearheading it like keep on constantly like being in touch with their doctor so on and so forth they're kind of role models a little bit well yeah and i mean i i'm glad that they are consistent and continue to like get the treatment and stay on top of that to make sure that both of them are healthy Mm -hmm. um but yeah, that seems like a very difficult thing to have to deal with in mm-hmm. your life, you know? Which is another reason why, like, if you're putting yourself out there, if you're out there just to get, like, a one-night stand, mm-hmm. make sure, for the love of everybody in your life, mm-hmm. that you just be safe. Yes. So, in the end, guys, don't be silly. Protect your willy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you don't want anything on that. that shouldn't be on that (laughs) exactly so i know we probably didn't cover everything having to deal with sex ed in the lgbt plus community but i think at least we had a good gist of what it's all about and uh you know very good ways on how to stay protected if you are sexually active we both really enjoyed this opportunity to work on this podcast and we're hoping it provided you with some much needed information and educated you about the lgbt plus community thanks guys We enjoyed the ride. You can find both me and Stephanie on social media, Instagram. Uh, My Instagram is pho.dac.linh. And you can find me at Stephanie underscore on air. And that's a ph, by the way. 
So yeah, be on the lookout for season two. We are currently awaiting some funding to move forward. But for now, feel free to reach out to either of us if you ever have any questions or if you'd like to talk more about the podcast. Hey, thanks again for listening. It really means a lot to us. And give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe to Out of the Technicolor Closet anywhere you go to get your podcasts.